Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Kyle Clay Richards, and welcome to Underdog Mentality. It's the sports podcast where we tackle unique topics by looking between the numbers at the human side of the game. Man, it's been a great weekend, a great long weekend for me. Getting back to work has been tough this Tuesday and Wednesday. Took off Friday and Monday to go up to my alma mater, like I mentioned in the last episode. Took a trip up to Moscow, Idaho, and man, it was such a good time. Caught a basketball game at the new arena, the new ICCU arena. Got a win. It was an exhibition game, so it didn't really matter. Um, They sell beer there now, which is pretty exciting, but it's very expensive. Uh, $9 for a 16-ounce beer. But, you know, when you're at a game, you got to have a beer. So we had one or two. Uh, (laughs) And then the next day, you know, went for a little walk around campus before catching the football game at 1 p.m. against Northern Arizona University. You know, for once, we gave ourselves a chance to get the win, and we, as usual, made a mistake down the stretch, and they got the lead over us late in the game. So that was a little bit unfortunate, but we still had a good time going to a Vandal game. First time in uh, you know, a good handful of years since we've done that, so we, we can't really complain too much. And then Sunday was a pretty chill day. Went and walked around the campus a little bit more. And I'm not going to lie, going back to my alma mater, it was a little bit emotional. I mean, I'm not saying I was just crying like crazy or anything like that, <laughs> but I, I was definitely feeling the nostalgia. There were just so many memories I had there. I, you know, I lived there for about six years, and it's a second home to me and a lot of memories at walking through campus every single corner of that campus has a memory attached to it and so although we had a really great time it was very eye-opening and uh kind of reminded me of how how back in the day i used to be so inspired and so like just positive and happy all the time and i feel like i've lost some of that in my my uh new adult life i guess I'm new i don't know why i'm saying new i've been at this job that i've had for about seven years now so that's really not all that new but I guess my outlook on life has changed as I've gotten older and I want to try to get back to some of that youthfulness and some of that inspirational kind of stuff that I was working with in my projects and and kind of going about my life with. So on that note, for episode eight of the Underdog Mentality, we're going to talk about team pride, uh, aka school pride, and how change is good for growth. All right, let's jump right into this one. Before we dive into the content here, I just want to say thanks to my cousin Taylor for the feedback on the podcast. He happened to go through and listen to all my recent episodes and he he said, my intros have been all over the place. And I'm like, you know what, dude, you are totally right. I need to get that wrangled in. So hopefully this one's a little more organized. I totally appreciate the feedback. I'm not even embarrassed. I'm not upset. I welcome the feedback because it is only going to make the show better. And uh, so yeah, definitely send in your feedback. If you know me, Get a hold of me and let me know what you think I can do better. Um, also, before we dive in even further, I did some testing and I think having guests on the show is going to be very easy moving forward. So if you're interested in being on an episode, please let me know and uh, we can get something set up. You can uh, you know, get, in, get a hold of me if you know me or you can email me at hello at abstractsports.com. That's a pretty good way to get a hold of me. Uh, so yeah, if you want to be on a show, you want to talk about some sports with me, we can make it happen. Okay, now let's talk about team pride or school pride. I think that kind of starts back in like middle school, right? When you're in elementary school, there's really nothing that's getting you to root for your your mascot. Like I barely remember that my uh, my elementary school mascot was the Cowboys. 
And then you go into middle school and they have these little pep rallies for the different sporting events where they're like, go Panthers, go, you know, that was my middle school mascot. Uh, and so they, they really try to ingrain in you like, Hey, root for your team, root for your school, you know, cause it looks, makes you look good. If you're good at what you do on this, on the basketball court or on the football field. Um, not that those sports really matter all that much in middle school. And these players are really just trying to develop themselves into, you know, high school athletes at that point. And then you get to high school and those pep rallies are just bigger, louder. There's a lot more enthusiasm at those events. And when you go to football games, they're a lot more rowdy. The basketball games are a lot more rowdy. Uh, and I think it's because you're rooting on your team and you just don't want anybody else to beat your team because you're all sort of a part of the same squad. Even though you're not on the team, you're just somebody in the crowd. You are somebody who goes to school with these people and you want them to do well because it reflects on you. I may be getting a little bit ahead of myself, but you know, I don't I really don't think people are that self-centered. They're not rooting for them to win because it reflects on them. But ultimately, that's that's sort of the idea, you know what I mean? You want to be able to, you know, cheer on your team, have them do really well so you can brag about them when they win the championship. That's just kind of how it works. And I will say, I may be speaking from personal experience, but I feel like this is pretty understood across the board. But, you know, when I went to college, uh, immediately there was a certain sen- uh, sense of pride that I had in being an Idaho Vandal. I mean, I went there as a freshman. I was 18 years old when I went up to Moscow. My dad drove me up there and dropped me off, so I was without parents for the first time in my life. And, and in those moments, you're forced to reach out and make new friends and make new connections and it, you know, really ultimately start to figure out who you are as a person. And Something about moving away from my hometown and trying to meet all these new people, and these people are also going through that same kind of experience. You form very tight bonds with these people, or you make very good friendships, and and then you all share the same common thing, and that's you're all Idaho Vandals. In my story, you know, for you maybe it's uh, you're a Marine and, and a part of the military, and there's a certain sort of bond there because you're all going through the same kind of thing. Uh, there's a, a lot of pride that comes with that. And no matter what path you're on, I think there's always something like that. You know, like where I work right now in my day-to-day job, I take a lot of pride in the work that I do. And I, I love to brag about my, my coworkers because what we do is pretty dang cool. Uh, so I take pride in the work that we, we put out because it's only going to make us better at the end of the day. In my opinion, I think it comes down to one thing. It's that you're all a part of the same community and you're all wanting to be the best at whatever it is that you do. And some of those things happen to be football, basketball, soccer, tennis, volleyball, whatever it is. You know, track and field, something Moscow or the University of Idaho is really good at. <laughs> but at the end of the day, a college student is somebody who's typically between the age of 18 and, I don't know, 25, depending on what g- degree you're going for. But you're all going through the same path of life at the same time. You're all trying to achieve a college degree that's going to help you uh, with your career, hopefully down the road. Uh, But ultimately, it is a big exploration exercise. Uh, There's not really one right or wrong answer. The fact that you're putting yourself out there and learning about new things and meeting new people, making connections and things like that, I think those are the kind of things that bring you pride in the community that you're a part of, whether it is being a fan of a team or being a part of a community, or, you know, supporting the same cause as somebody else. And now to finish off the segment, 
I, I realize that I'm sort of relating life to sports rather than bringing sports back to life, like the slogan of abstract sports is. Uh, but I think they're they're reversible. Okay, I I made the brand. I can say that. So, <laughs> uh, but seriously though, the reason you are a fan of a team is the same kind of idea that about being a part of a community that's bigger than yourself. There's something that that really rings true within people that you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Like I told my my answer to the question that I had on a podcast episode recently was, you know, what why am I you know, who is your favorite team and why? And I said I was a Lakers fan because when Kobe came in the league at 18, I was very inspired by that cuz my oldest brother was about that age and I was kind of hooked. I feel like that situation is very unique, you know, much like a lot of other people's stories about why they're they're a fan of a certain team. But what's unique about this one is that Kobe came in at 18 and he was with the Lakers for 20 years and he never left them for another team. There were talks of him getting traded at one point and he almost did, but he didn't. And had he been traded, I kind of wonder like, would I still be a Lakers fan or would I not have a team because Kobe left the Lakers to go to another team? Uh, it reminds me of when I was younger, I, I had so many different favorite football teams because I, I found out that I liked players you know, I, I was a big Vikings fan, and I've, I've mentioned this before, but you know, it's kind of relevant to the topic. Um, you know, I I found out that I liked players, not necessarily teams. I, I liked Randy Moss. I somehow was a, a fan of receivers. I don't know why that would be because I'm not the receiver type. I'm more of a running back, and I'm talking a small running back. Uh, right these days, more of a bowling ball running back. <laughs> uh, but like, I love Jerry Rice and Randy Moss and. Terrell Owens and Chad Ochocinco. I thought all those guys had a lot of personality and, and they were also very good at what they did. And so I jumped teams a lot. And therefore, as an adult, I don't have a favorite team in football. So I don't have that same emotional attachment that I had have to the Lakers because Kobe was with them for 20 years and he's the reason I became a fan. So if I didn't have that emotional attachment or that, that inspirational like kernel at the beginning that grew into this nice piece of popcorn... You know, I don't I just don't think I would be the same kind of fan. But I also think team pride can come from the area that you're from. You know, I'm being from Idaho, the only teams that are closest to us would be the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. That's like the two closest teams. And so there are a lot of those people around here, but there's also a lot of Pittsburgh fans. And I think that's kind of interesting. I think that's a cultural thing. A lot of people from that area moved here for jobs at one point, and so there's a big Pittsburgh Steelers base. So when you're a fan of a team like in your vicinity, I think that's on a different level. It's kind of like you're you're repping the teams of the area that you're from. And I think that's important too. You know, like I we have a, a local baseball team here, a minor league team, the Idaho Falls Chuckers. They at one point were the farm team for the Kansas City Royals. And so, you know, since they were affiliated, I'm like, well, I'm a fan of the Royals because, you know, they they send players there and that's close to my home, like seriously, a couple of miles away. So that made a lot of sense. And then they were no longer affiliated. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm not a Royals fan anymore. <laughs> and so, again, it comes back to that that emotional attachment and and what's important to you. What, what do you find value in when it comes to a team? Usually there's some kind of unique story of why you're a fan of that team. I feel like a lot of times it's because it's a around you. Uh, it's, it's a team that you grew up around or maybe one of your family members watched, and so therefore you're a fan. But I always enjoy those stories, and 
That's why I, I asked that on a previous episode. It didn't get any responses from people. That's okay. Uh, but going into the break here, we're going to have a timeout. And I'm going to answer the question from last week, which was, uh, what is your coolest piece of sports memorabilia? And then I'll give you the question for next week's episode. If you want to submit something, you can go to bsb2l.info slash message or just hit the link in the, in the description of the podcast and go leave me a message and I can, you know, I'll play it on the next episode. I'll make a segment out of it. I'll answer the question as well and I'll talk about yours. So go ahead and do that. Another link for that would be anchor.fm slash abstract sports slash message. Man, there's got to be a better way to do this. Just text me, send me a message, let me know your answer to the question. And, uh, you know, that that's coming up after the break here. And I'll, I'll mention it on the air. I will talk about that and then I'll give you my answer to the same question. All right, let's take a quick timeout. All right, people. The question from last week was, what is your coolest piece of sports memorabilia? And I didn't receive any messages on that, on Anchor or anything, so I'm going to go ahead and just answer the question myself. Okay. All right, here it is. This is this could be a long story, but I'm going to try to keep it short. Basically, there is a highly touted prospect who played for a Missoula, Montana baseball team, a minor league team who came to Idaho Falls and played against the Idaho Falls Chuckers. This kid was said to be the LeBron James of baseball. At 18 years old, he was supposed to be a slugger and pitcher. And, you know, not many pitchers can hit the ball. I mean, the only guy I can think of in recent times is Shohei Otani. Well, this guy is just like that, except he's very young. But at the time, when I got his autograph, he was a first-round draft pick by the Cincinnati Reds. So he's a part of the Reds program. He trains with them actively uh, to this day because, you know, they develop their players up a bit more before they bring him into the major leagues. But this guy can pitch, and he can also hit the ball. Unfortunately, in the two games I saw of him play here in Idaho Falls, he did not uh, pitch, and he, he didn't bat. I don't know if it's because he was so young. They were, like, trying to, you know, let him work up to getting some minutes or getting some time. But, uh, yeah, I never saw him play. Anyways... The strange thing about this story is I went to an eye doctor for some things and the guy at the counter was telling me that he was going to go to the baseball game because this one player is going to be there. And so I'm like, well, I have a sports podcast and I would love to talk about this. What's going on? And he told me about this guy. His name is Hunter Green. And I don't know what this dude's deal was, but he was very excited to get to get me over there and get a signed ball by him because he knew it was a big deal. He's like, yeah, man, meet me over there by the, the team locker rooms and... I'll hook you up with a couple of baseballs because I know some people over there and he will definitely come through and he's going to be signing autographs and taking pictures of people. So be there and be ready. And I was like, damn, this is a serious deal. And so I treated it that way. I went and found that Sports Illustrated book with the cover of him on it. And I made a copy of it. You know, I had it, had it printed at a decent resolution that was a little bit bigger, like 18 by 24 uh, put it into a sleeve so that I could have it nice and clean for when I had him sign it. And I took a silver Sharpie with me because I knew that was going to stand out on the on the colors of that print. And sure enough, after the game, I go over there. He's there. I have him sign my print. I have him sign the baseball. And it's, you know, assi- signed out to me. 
And I actually have a selfie with him too that just has added like proof that this is a real thing. This happened. I have his face in a picture with my face and it's very, very cool. I have the baseball in a baseball case. I have the print sitting in a very protected place right now. I need to get it framed. You know, this is one of those things I want to put up on the backdrop of the podcast. When I start doing video shows and everything, I want to have it in the background and be like, yeah, that's a story. Ask me about it. I'll tell you anytime. So that's my sports memorabilia story. I wish I could have heard some of yours, but you never submitted anything. So feel free to submit it after the fact. I'll still answer the question. Trust me, I would. But now I'm going to ask the question that I would like you to answer for the next episode. Submit your messages. I will read them on the air. Send me a text. Send me a message. I will answer that on the air. Here it is. If you could play any position in any sport, what would it be and why? Tell me a detailed story. Thanks. Wow, can you hear the passive aggressiveness in my voice? Because it's definitely there. and It's totally accurate. (laughs) Just kidding. I love you guys. All right, back to the regularly scheduled content. We were going to talk about uh, why change is good. And this is one of those topics that I know for sure can translate from you know, everyday life, the Joe Schmoes to sports and vice versa. But I'm going to start out by talking about the sports side and then I'm going to end it with the real human aspect of things because it's something that everybody can relate to. It's not just sports fans. So let's start with sports. So change is good for growth in a lot of different ways. And the first line that I put down in my outline was LeBron leaving Cleveland for his stint in Miami. You know, he... He got drafted like phenom coming out of high school at a young age. You know, didn't go to college, didn't have that extra experience coming in. Uh, went to Cleveland, basically playing for his hometown. You know, I mean, he's from Akron, but uh, Cleveland was like his his place. And after several years playing in Cleveland, I feel like his career got kind of stagnant. He was trying to work through to the championship with a bunch of hodgepodge players. And nothing was really working out for him. And he thought, you know, I need to do something different. I want to go get some some winning experience with some other players and bring that back to Cleveland. I think that, you know, that's sort of, I don't know if that was his mindset. I don't know if he knew that was where that was going to go, but that's what happened. So he, you know, essentially in, in, in the way I will describe it is he went to college by going to Miami and played for a winning team with Dwayne Wade, Udonis Haslam, and... You know, Mario Chalmers, shoot, like Shane Battier was there for a while. Chris Bosh, can't forget Chris Bosh. It was a great team. And over in Miami, he developed a winning mentality. You know, it built it built back up his confidence that he lost playing in Cleveland in his early years. And he teamed up with some great players, but I think it really helped develop him more as a player because he got that winning mentality figured out, won back-to-back championships in the 11-12 season, the 12-13 season. And then he was like, you know what? He had one losing season after that in 13-14. And then he returned to Cleveland. Had one losing season. Well, not losing, but like it wasn't a championship season. And then the next year in 2015-2016 is when he played for Cleveland. And they played Golden State Warriors in the, in the NBA Finals. It went to seven games in Golden State. They were down by three games in that series. And no team has ever done that in the history of the NBA. And they happened to come back. He had that big chase down block against Andre Iguodala, and it changed everything. You know, that was such a big moment. And I remember watching this. I was sitting on the floor at my brother's house, 
just like fully enthralled in this. And like when I get into a game, I just sit there and watch it because if I overreact or like jump around or do something crazy, I'm going to miss something. And so I'm watching. I am just in it. I wish I was there because I'm sure that arena was quiet as hell. (laughs) Now, usually you want to be there when it's loud. But this is one of those like suck the air out of the building kind of situations where like on the road for the home team who's trying to win a championship, he just stole the ball from a guy in 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 a moment that they needed it the most. Oh man, I had to take a break there for a second. I was getting really worked up because that was a very exciting series to watch. You always wanted to go to seven games. But after that, you know, after that season, he played two more seasons in Cleveland before he got traded to the Lakers. And it was kind of his choice to go to the Lakers. And much like the Cavs had a, uh, a season where they didn't win a championship. You know, I don't know exactly what the, the record was. I don't think it was the best. But then the next year, they put it together and they won it in 2019-2020. And, you know, I, as a Lakers fan, I was excited, but it was also in the bubble. And so I can't really say that, uh, this was the most, uh, authentic NBA championship win, but at the same time, all teams went through the same kind of scenarios as far as getting to the championship. So yeah, it was even, it was fair. So they won the championship and it's fine. But the moral of this story here quickly is that, you know, LeBron, he, he realized he was getting a little bit stagnant being in my in uh, Cleveland, and so he had to leave. He or he, or I don't know if, you know, I wish I could, like, interview him. I wish I, would, I could ask him these questions. They might be out there on the internet somewhere. But he left Cleveland, his hometown team, basically, because he was losing. He played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine seasons with them. All right, wait, eight, sorry. Didn't win a championship always pulling the team, putting the team on his back and everything and could not get it done. He goes off to Miami, wins some championships, builds his confidence up, gets a couple of them, goes to Cleveland, wins it for Cleveland. He's like, you know what? All right, I want to play for the Lakers. It's always been a dream. Plays for the Lakers, gets another championship. And this year, I think they are contenders for this one. But anyways, the, the again, the moral of the story is that he had to leave Cleveland to go and find new experience with new players, get that winning mentality and that confidence up, come and, and you know come back to Cleveland, and that's what helped him get that championship. He knew what it took. He went to a championship-caliber team with Pat Riley at the helm. So in this case, change was very good for LeBron James. And now let's look at something else that's a lot less uh, intense, something a little more trivial. You know, Lonzo Ball... When he came into the NBA, everybody hated this kid, probably mostly because of his dad. <laughs> let's let's get it get it right here on the Abstract Sports Podcast. That's exactly why everybody hated Lonzo Ball and all of his brothers, because of his dad just being a co- cocky, not confident. He was a cocky SOB. Uh, but Lonzo Ball came into the NBA with a horrible jump shot. And, you know, I feel like he was trying to fill in some shoes that didn't exist, and he, his nerves were all about him. One of the things that was not good for him was his shooting form. People have made fun of him forever for this. And he when, he when he played for UCLA, he was a sniper. He could hit any shot. But, you know, this, these are college players. Get in the NBA. They know how to swipe that ball out of your hands. It's going to steal your confidence away so quickly. And to be fair, his shot was very unorthodox. Everybody knew it. He brought it across his body from his opposite side hip and then up and through was not the best shot for the NBA. If you're going to be in the NBA, you better be good at the fundamentals. And one of those things is your shooting form. So he got that thing fixed 
And this year he's actually looking pretty good with the Chicago Bulls. Even though he's been jumping around to different teams, you know, he's the youngest player in the NBA history to have a triple-double with three different teams before turning 24 years old, apparently. So apparently it's been done before, but he's also the youngest player to ever have a triple-double. So there's that, when he was a rookie with the Lakers. Anyways, coming back to the actual topic we're talking about here, him fixing his jump shot. <laughs> I really got derailed there. I'm so sorry. Change is good. You know, getting getting down the fundamentals where you are a little bit out of step, especially at the biggest level like the NBA, is one of the best things you can do. And it seems like he's clicking very well in Chicago with the Bulls. Now, that, that second point wasn't really the best for this second half topic where change is good for growth. But this last one's really going hit, to gonna hit home for a lot of people, I think. Uh, so there's this phenomenon that I've, I've, I know I've talked about this in previous podcasts. I don't know if it's been an underdog mentality or if it was just in the generic abstract sports podcast, but it's one of those sort of philo- philosophical phenomenons that I think really rings true with any profession or anything that you're passionate about. It's this thing called infinite passion. So the idea is that when you're pursuing something that you're very passionate about, you're never going to go in a very straight path from point A to point B when you're trying to reach your goals. You usually find yourself exploring your way through things, going through obstacles to find out what works, what doesn't. Now, if you can picture this, point A to point B is a straight line, right? It's just a segment in the path of life. And then this infinite passion, what it's getting at is that the real path that you take to get from A to B is not that straight line. It's more of like just a bunch of squiggles and meandering lines that go around that straight line because those are what you call experiences in life. That's what you call uh, the obstacles in life that help you learn and grow and prosper until you get to that next point. And that is a you know a different, maybe a different lesson for another day. But when you get to point B, you can reflect back on what you've learned in that in that segment of life or whatever it is you're going through and apply those sort of tools and and philosophies that you learned in that process to the next segment, you know, maybe B to C, whatever you want to call it. And so for me, when I learned about infinite passion, it was in one of my architecture classes or one of my art classes in school, more of the philosophical side of things. And it really resonated with me because I was like, holy crap, that's me. And I feel like most people in the class have that same sort of revelation, but that has stuck with me for a very long time. And I think everybody should you know, try to live by it. Find something you're passionate about, set a goal, and just know you're not going to get there in a straight line. Explore, meander, learn, and you know, struggle and lose and have some misses, you know. Because that's ultimately what's going to determine how how much of an outcome you have on the other side. When you get to point B, you can look back and be like, wow, I can learn from all these things. And next time you're going to be a lot better. And, you know, just to connect it back to the team pride thing in the beginning, I had mentioned some things about like, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and and, uh, trying new things, meeting new people and things like that. Well, that has been the biggest life changer for me in my life. And, I, you know, that. I can only say that, you know, it's my, my podcast. I'll talk about it, whatever. Um, but you know, I feel like more, a lot of people can relate to this, but I, you know, I grew up in, in Idaho and I went to school in Idaho, but I moved away from my hometown and I was able to actually just meet some new people and learn, you know, kind of build empathy for other people and have a different perspective from where they come from and what they do, 
what they think and things like that. And that really helped me grow as a person because I put myself out there. That being said, everybody's story is different. I just encourage everybody to try and step outside of your comfort zone a little bit uh, That because change is good for growth. Uh, doing something different, if you feel like you're in a slump, you need, to, you need to change things up. Seriously, like listen to your gut. Go for it. And if you ever need a wingman or a hype man, I can be there for you. Seriously, if you know me and you need a wingman or a hype man to be there for you stepping outside of your comfort zone, I'm happy to be that man. But you know what? That does it for episode eight of Underdog Mentality. Guys, this has been a really good episode. I am so excited about this one. I have a lot of cool things coming up. I know I have some people who want to be on a podcast already, and I'm going to pursue that. But if you're not following or subscribing to the show already, you can go to anchor.fm slash abstract sports. You can see all the different platforms that the show is available on. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere where you listen to podcasts. And beyond subscribing, if you want to get notifications about when episodes come out, you can also follow us on social media. We always share posts about the episodes when they come out. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, just the handle is Abstract Sports. If you do a search for that, you'll find the logo with the A with an S running through it. That'll be the one. And on a side note, I noticed on Instagram, normal accounts can have links in their stories. That's like the sound of me like doing a my mind is blown. I've been waiting for that feature forever because now my Instagram uh, account can actually be a little more useful and beneficial. I can actually bring value to people by sending them to the pages that I want them to see. So, hell yeah. Go follow us on Instagram at Abstract Sports and Twitter at Abstract Sports. Um, if you want to follow me personally, my handle is kyleclay.com, spelled out. That's K-Y-L-E-C-L-A-Y-D-O-T-C-O-M. And one more shameless plug before I let you go. I've been telling you guys about this thing called Symbol, like S-I-M-B-U-L-L, like simulation, and then bull. It's a combination of sports knowledge and the stock market. So if you have sports knowledge, you can buy virtual shares and teams and you know buy them low, sell them at high value. You can make a profit. It's actual money. All you got to do is visit www.symbol.com or visit the link in the description. That would be symbol.app slash abstract to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code abstract for a free deposit bonus to help build your portfolio. And one last thing, if you want to be on an episode, you want to be a co-host of a show, you let me know, okay? Message me, email me at hello at abstractsports.com and we'll get it on the calendar. We can talk about whatever you like, we can discuss it, put put together an outline and it should be a great time. So just let me know. And finally, that does it for me. I'm your boy, Kyle Clay Richards. On this episode eight of Underdog Mentality, it's been a great time. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. You should probably go subscribe if you haven't yet. Uh, So do that, and I'll just catch you in the next one.